Ladies and gentlemen, 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 gentlemen you are now, 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 now listening to two, 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 the P13 Podcast. Yeah. All right, welcome back to the P13 Podcast, bringing you back another episode as always. It is myself, Michael, and sitting across from me, rocking the beautiful Studio Pod shirt with the slick back hair and the mustache, with that soulful Barry Manilow-like voice, is the one and only Mr. Thomas Conway. Hello. That's deep. Coming in with a baritone. Sub- Submarineal deep. No, I... <laughs> <laughs> two used at this point. Two, oh, we only use it in one. No, we use it Maybe in another. Maybe two. I think yeah. two. But yeah, we're back here with another episode. Back in the pod. Remember, members, you can follow on Halo after the pod and comment your favorite aspects of the pod shout out kim tran for keeping this thing going as well keeping it slightly uh active and engaged entertained but uh uh, yeah we got to get that going absolutely it's it's meant to be beneficial to you members so uh ask questions on there that's really what it's there for is i mean sharing your favorite moments from the episode as well but to ask follow-up questions that you may have from any of the episodes that we do or you can also feel free to leave some comments. Maybe something you've heard in the pod has helped you. Yeah. As as well. We we encourage that. Yeah. As we well. love shares. Testimonials. Shares, shares of any kind. Absolutely. Also review us. Review yes. Leave us a rating. I mean, that's I think that's the correct nomenclature. Five star rating. Five stars only. Five stars only. Only. Uh, but again, we're always back here with another episode with you. Every Tuesday. Every Tuesday you can expect to get a new episode from us. Today it's always a good day when we're doing the pod. Uh, we're addressing something, however, that you may see in the fitness world and even in the health industry. So both aspects, fitness and health. You may have heard it from some of your favorite social media influencer, influencers or coaches that may or may not intentionally mean to impose things on you. However, they do have an influence you. So as me and Thomas, as we're doing this pod and you're listening and you're adding some of these things to your life. How are you feeling about that so far? Oh, good. I'm just kind of staring off into space a little bit (laughs) Um, and taking in your lovely intro. I appreciate that. That's what I usually do (laughs) during your intros. I just kind of like absorb it. You may wonder what we're talking about. Uh, However, I will say this thing can be, this can push people to the edge. I don't know if insanity might be a strong word. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a strong word, but I, I think, uh, I don't know if it's insanity, but it can kind of pigeonhole their beliefs. It can pigeonhole their beliefs. That's a good way to put it. But it, either way, it can be influential. Again, what are we talking about? We're talking about dogma or the situation of being dogmatic. And what does that mean? The definite term on there, thanks to Merriam Webster, uh, inclined to lay down principles as incontrovertibly true. That's did a tough that? word. Did I say it? I did not Inconvertibly. say that. Inconvertibly. Inconvertibly. Yeah. We're learning every day. We are. I just learned a new word. He's Canadian, so English is new to him. There you go. But let's dive into that. So, Mr. Conway. Yeah. So, as you said, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's a principle or a set of principles 
usually laid down by an authority. Mm -hmm. I think that's the one thing that was um, missing from the definition that you uh, laid laid out, but but laid down by an authority as inconvertibly true, which is kind of that's kind of a scary definition. Just hearing that, right? Because that simply implies that like there's no way that you can stray away from that stray away from that that principle is set in stone you yeah. should just follow that principle to the t and mm-hmm. that's what it means yeah it but what's what interesting about the definition and i didn't really think about this till just now is it doesn't really mention anything about fact mm. right it doesn't or scientific conviction yeah of some sort right there's like so, evidence-based exactly or evidence-based right so the definition in and of itself kind of implies that it's uh it's more of uh, like principles or beliefs, which there's all some wild beliefs out there. Yeah, you um, can get caught up in some things that. Oh boy, <laughs> we said we were, <laughs> we said we weren't going to get like uh, political on this podcast, but uh, I mean, there's uh, we don't even have to really say anything, and I think all of you listeners have had your own experiences, especially within the last like two years of seeing something that is not based in fact or evidence of any kind, but there is a group of people that believes it to be. It has shaped their life of existence. Inconvertibly true. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, you'll, the one that sticks out to me is, uh, <laughs> is like QAnon. Yeah. Right. We won't dive into that too much, but like, I think uh, there's a fair amount of people out there that know what it is. And it's just, it's very extreme. Very it's a very extreme. And I think generally uh, dogmatic beliefs tend to be that way. Mm-hmm. They tend to be either really one side or the other, and they really lack moderation. So that's something that's not in the def- definition, but in my experience, anytime I encounter something as dogmatic that I find or- very dogmatic, it's, it's usually something that's like pretty, pretty extreme and provides no, uh, wiggle room from that belief you're living one way or you're training one way or you're eating one way it could be various ways and so this kind of delves into the next part why does why is dogma become such a big issue in the health and fitness world yeah so kind of segueing it from our everyday lives and more so into health and fitness i do think relative to other industries it's a little more prevalent in health and fitness and it's kind of similar to the conversation that we had about uh to fast or not to fast. Well, that, but also I think fitness is a very interesting a very interesting thing because it is so personal to everybody, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. other people's profession, and so then bringing it into like what we do, that's our profession, right? So we have spent time studying uh, health and fitness uh, principles and, and, and the science of it. And just as someone that goes to school for accounting or finance or uh, biology studied, but unlike those fields, fitness is so health and fitness is so ingrained into everybody's daily life that everyone forms an opinion on certain fitness and health related topics. But keeping in mind that I use the word opinion there because a lot of times those ideas that are formulated are opinions and are not based in fact. So I think that's Mm -hmm. one reason why uh, dogma can be so prevalent in health and fitness because everybody has their own opinions about these different principles and ideas and concepts that get put out there and created. Like some of these are created by people, right? Like uh, when they're branded to be a certain way, which kind of 
leads me into ooh, you have something to add. I was gonna, no, it, it was more so just piggybacking off of that. It's like you've created kind of this opinion in your mind that is with this just a one way of thinking. Yeah, essentially, exactly. And so some of the reasons that I think it's it's a really big issue. The first first one being other than the ones I just mentioned. The first one being that uh, I think people are trying to sell an idea or a concept, mm-hmm. right? And so in order to do that well and to do that successfully, that person really has to believe that what they are selling is the best thing. Yes. Available for a specific solution. And, or sometimes they think it's the only uh, solution to that problem that they're trying to solve. Which entails is the problem of being dogmatic. Yeah, right. Because, so I guess like to put it in a very direct and blunt way, it comes down to money. People want to make money. And so in order to do that, in health and fitness especially, you have to have, I guess, for lack of a better term, believers, mm-hmm. right? Which sounds pretty deep. It can you be know, a little... And that's often used in religion. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you have to have people that truly believe in what you're doing. And, like, there's also, like, not necessarily something wrong with that. Like, Project 13, yeah. for example, people believe in what we're doing. But I, I would say that the approach matters a little bit. Yeah. There are plenty of people that come in and it's just not a fit for them. Right. And I'm not going to tell that person like, oh, you're going to go to whatever the CrossFit street down the, or the CrossFit gym down the street, or you're going to go to gym X, Y, Z. Like that's not going to work. That's stupid. Right. Like that's, that's not the conversation that I'll have with that person. If I know it's not a fit for them, the reality is I know like one, I know that we could help them for yeah. sure. But at the same time, I know that if it's just not a fit and it's not something that they're going to want to continue to do long term and there is something that they would want to do long term that's different than what we provide. I mean, shit, that might work for them and that's yeah. totally fine. Who are we to say no to that? Exactly. Who are we to say like, yeah. you can't chase your goals because exactly. that's not, that's a goal. Right. And, that's- and also like that person might go to that other gym and because of whatever reason it's a better for, fit for them, if they can, that allows them to be consistent and and do that habit long-term, then yeah, they probably will lose weight, Yeah. right? And so that right there, me saying that shows that we're not dogmatic about the way that we approach people coming to our gym. We do believe that we provide a really high quality service, but we don't believe that it's the only way to get strong or to lose weight or oh. whatever, build confidence, whatever it is that person's trying to do. Right. We, so, have, we offer an avenue for that to happen. Right. Versus telling it being you the yeah. This the is only, the only way. Yeah, no. And so there are people out there that will like shit on other uh ways of building fitness or building health. Yep. And say that like you're it's you're not gonna be successful doing that. Like you won't. Like you have to do my thing to be successful, right? And that is where Dogma becomes an issue, and if you hear that, if you hear somebody saying that, or a coach saying that, or whatever, I mean, turn around and run in the other direction as fast as you can. (laughs) Uh, Because before it, you're you're, uh, taking some pills or something, and or taking a metaphorical pill. Metaphorical pill. Yeah. The blue pill. The blue pill. Wait, which is the one that takes you into the real world? The red pill. Red pill. So you're taking the blue pill. You're taking the blue pill. Yeah. All right. 
And Maybe not just, the Viagra blue pill, but the no, Matrix. No, not that one. <laughs> but yeah, before you're doing something that's like just pretty extreme. Mm-hmm. Again, going back to the, the base definition that we provided. So going back into that, delving into that, I think what ends up happening, and, and you can, I know you you feel somewhat the same way, is like having some of that success kind of be the reason for someone why they would continue with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's the the other reason that it's an issue is there are people that maybe they're influencers now or whatever, and they were very successful with a certain methodology. Mm -hmm. Uh, And because they had success with it, they believe that that success will apply to every single person. There are a ton of different examples of this in fitness, just to think of one. And this this group that I'm going to mention is like, is really good. Like they do a lot of great work, uh, but FRC, so functional range conditioning, is a a system and methodology that was created by Dr. Andrea Spina. And again, there is a lot of, lot of great concepts that come from that system and method, Mm -hmm. but there are some people that do become dogmatic about that and believe that the only way to improve your joint range motion and mobility is that one way. And so applying that example to me specifically, so I went to an FRC seminar and again, it was really good, had a great experience. The people were good. Um, And I learned a ton of different concepts that could apply well to me. But one thing that really sticks out to me from that experience, and it's possible too that I didn't, I didn't work with a coach specifically. And so I was maybe just applying some of the principles and, and lacking a little direction, but they're really big on like 90, 90. So for those of you that don't know, 90, 90 is like a base position that they use for uh, developing hip rotation and I would try to do that base position often and do what they prescribed of like contracting as your hip is in internal rotation and whatever. And I never really saw a lot of information from the FRC camp on how to regress that or, or if that position just doesn't work for me Mm. because of my hip anatomy or whatever it may be. And so I would try to hammer that, especially in the internal rotation position. And it never felt good ever. But because like they preached it so much, I was like, well, that has to be the way to get it. Like, and then in working with some other people in the flexibility world, I found that there's a number of different ways that you can develop internal rotation that are not related to that position at all. And now I never do, I never do 90, 90 internal rotation work. And instead I'll do maybe some different activation stuff that I've learned from like Lucas and Jeff. Mm -hmm that just seemed to work better for me. Going right? to that personalization that you may not, like, I guess bringing that back around is you don't get that personalization or individualism out of it. Exactly. And so that's what that specific concept misses. So like, again, people thinking that that's the only way to do it. I mean, you have this, this concept that we really talk a lot about at Project 13, which is the concept of individualizing for the person based on a number of factors, which can include, but are not limited to genetics, lifestyle goals, uh, nutrition status. I mean, there's many other that come into play. Some people have more ovular femur heads Mm -hmm. and some people have more round femur heads. And that's going to change the way that you prescribe methods to them. Injuries, pre-existing conditions, contraindications. So like that's, that's the problem. Like for me, that specific FRC principle did not really work for me. 
and but again like so many people from that community will hammer that concept and i'm not saying all but it, it can just it's a slippery slope and and again if like 90 90 works really well for some people they're like this is the way to do it and it's like well i mean not necessarily uh and even if it does work for everybody that doesn't mean you can't do other things to develop that same capacity right yeah absolutely absolutely piggybacking off of that just that last part the confirmation bias yes so that's a, a third reason why i think dogma is really big in fitness is kind of two ideas here in one is collective thinking and then confirmation bias so collective thinking or confirmation bias which is kind of one in the same but slightly different so collective thinking being you find people that think the same way that you do. And so that just feeds into. It just builds the you, brand. Yeah, and it builds, right. Whatever that. Whatever that is. is. And FRC is another good example. And again, nothing wrong with FRC. They've done a great job of delivering a system that works well for a lot of people. And that group has gotten very, very big. Mm-hmm. Right. But it can just, again, be dangerous. Like you can be locked in this FRC world. Uh, for a long time and and then like miss out on the other miss aspects. out on some other stuff yeah like the flexibility that we you talked about with lucas and jeff which we yeah. have podcast on as we well do. and jeff talked about a little bit about frc i think in one of our episodes mm-hmm. basically saying like there are some some frc practitioners that are like if you cannot get 90 degree active range motion in your wrists you should not do handstands right that's and that's a dogmatic belief right there. I'm holding my hand up. I'll face it towards the camera. You can see I do not have 90 degrees, correct? Correct. Can you confirm that? I can confirm. I can do a handstand. I've held a handstand for 60 seconds. Uh, and I do not have 90 degrees. And guess what? My wrists were totally fine. Mm. So, again, like, it can hone you into, like, missing out on other beneficial things or things that you may wanted to chase like yeah or things you may want if i really wanted to chase a handstand and someone told me no because of this this, right this right and that's like it's gonna influence three years not doing that and then you try it and you realize like oh shit my wrists are actually okay you're like well fuck, i didn't like do handstands for so long because of that and now like i've wasted a bunch of time this cult told no just kidding (laughs) uh so so that's one thing and then confirmation bias basically what that is for those of you that don't know it's as people gather more evidence that supports their beliefs, it increases the level of dogma, I would say. Mm-hmm. So I think that, uh, and I've had a conversation with someone recently about this, that if you're in a discussion with somebody, say about nutrition, for example, and they say that carbs cause fat gain and you say carbs does not cause fat gain, I guarantee you that both of you can find studies that support you, right? So, it can happen pretty easily and that as you continue to seek out evidence, the evidence you do find supports uh, your way of thinking. And maybe you do actually come across evidence that supports the other way of thinking too. But the deeper that you go, the more you are likely to gloss over that evidence that supports the other way of thinking, right? Because it's not what you want to hear. Because it's not what you want to hear. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, you just start looking for the things that support like low carb. Again, if we're using that as an example. So again, you can find research out there on anything basically supporting a specific idea. Which leads in 
beautifully to this next point about where where do we see this right now? What are some of the dogmatic thinking that you may see right now in the health and fitness world? Yeah, so there's a lot, but just to name a few. So one that's become really big in the last couple of years is the carnivore diet. Mm. All right, so for those of you that don't know, it's pretty kind of implied what it is, but you only eat... What does carnivore mean? Meat <laughs> or animal products. You turn into a T-Rex. Uh, <laughs> yoked legs, tiny arms. Just kidding. I've actually never seen that. A person with those proportions? Yoked legs and tiny arms? Yeah, you're right. It's usually the other round, yeah. way around. People skip leg day. Don't skip leg day. Don't. It's almost every day is leg day for me. That's the way <laughs> to go. So, yeah, I mean, as the name suggests, you eat... Uh, only animal foods and sometimes there are varying degrees of it. It's like sometimes people will consume all animal products, meaning like also dairy and stuff like that. Mm. Some people will go even more extreme and consume only meat, no dairy, no butter, no cheese, no yogurt, no nothing except meat. There are many issues with this as a belief system. It basically disregards years of evolution right? Because we've always been omnivorous, right? Mm -hmm. So our body has adapted over time to be able to consume a variety of foods. I think that's pretty clear. Mm -hmm. The other thing to understand is no culture has ever subsisted entirely on animal foods alone. Even Inuit Alaskans would find some marine uh, vegetation and uh, like berries in the summer and things like that just to help them through. And preserve over the... Uh, yeah, over and this. they would potentially find ways of yeah, preserving the food that they would be able to harvest in the short summer. Uh, and a big portion of their diet was animal products. I think it's something, I mean, 80 to 90%. But there is still some consumption of, uh, of plant products hmm. or plant foods. And it also creates an idea that other foods are bad which I think is a big issue, um, especially in the society that we live in today, because you will never be able to, unless you literally like move to the Yukon and just like hunt and gather your own stuff. But even then you're going to gather berries. Oh, that's true. So either, but (laughs) basically what I'm trying to say is in today's culture, you're never going to be able to navigate more than a day without coming across food that's not meat Mm. so are you going to be able to for your entire life if you're choosing to go carnivore be able to always always have enough willpower to be like no i'm not going to consume that because it's not meat and also too, like think about like if you ever go to a party like or a social gathering of any kind like right so so then because then when you get into that situation sure maybe maybe you tell yourself I'll be flexible when I go to those things. But it's, in my opinion, going to be pretty unlikely that you just stop there. Yeah. Right? After it, just being carnivore for, forever, you get a taste of carbs or whatever, and I, it's unlikely that you're going to be able to flip the switch back right after and be like, all right, back to only meat. Yeah. And it just builds that extreme biased opinion exactly. about everything. And yeah. what are We talked about it in one of our episodes, like what are you willing to give up in order to, uh, I think a cult is a strong word. Accomplish your goals. Yeah. Yeah. Accomplish everything that's within that belief system. Yeah. 
Exactly. What are you willing to give up? And the same is for the other side. Like we talked, we're looking at the notes here, things like the opposite of carnivore. Veganism. Yeah. Purely vegan. Yep. And so veganism has been around longer than than carnivorism, but it's the same kind of idea, right? You're demonizing a specific type of food, which, by the way, has been in our diets for a very long time. Piggybacking off that word demonism, but you're demonizing people too who might not follow. If you're very dogmatic about right. things, you're demonizing others yep. yeah. for following their own lifestyle. Yeah. And I've seen this on both sides. I've seen influencers that are carnivore that uh, really like smack talk vegans. And and so it it it's weird. It does like create this entirely different form of prejudice which is Mm -hmm. kind of funny because we're just inventing it yeah (laughs) for no apparent reason but yeah so i mean but back to veganism like it's the same as carnivore in that no culture has ever subsisted on plants alone there are again certain cultures that have had a large proportion of their diet be made up of plant foods um that could be environmental factors yeah people often cite like okinawans yeah the okinawan diet is a lot of rice plants tubers things like that and then they did have maybe 20 percent was like fish and things like that but again no culture ever in human history has only eaten plants all all like exclusively so Mm -hmm. why all of a sudden within the last 20 30 years is that is that a thing It, it just doesn't it doesn't really make sense then like too with veganism, a lot of times I've talked to many people about this that are vegan or have experimented with veganisms. Veganism, a lot of time, a lot of times when they first transition to it, they'll uh, report feeling better. But what I find interesting about that is more often than not, it's usually related to them simply eating more whole foods, mm. right? So maybe they had a diet that consisted of like. Burgers, processed food, processed processed food, yeah, like a lot of that stuff, sugars, and then because they choose to go vegan, simply by making that choice, they're consciously making a decision that they are going to make that choice out of health, and so because they're like choosing to do veganism to be healthier, they will also in turn choose healthier whole foods, right, so... Sure, if you get rid of processed shit, you're probably going to feel great. <laughs> probably f- your joints like, will probably feel good. Yeah, like you could also do that while still consuming uh, chicken, grass-fed beef, and things like that, and potentially feel the same effects. Yeah. Right. So, but that initial feeling can then lead even more so to kind of like confirmation bias, right? Because yeah. they're like, oh, I felt better right away. I, this is the way to go. I need this to is stay the way here. to go. So I keep going. Oftentimes, too, like with veganism, people generally report symptoms of deficiency. It takes like two to three years, sometimes even five, right? That can present in a lot of different ways, chronic nagging injuries, joint issues, like things like Mm -hmm. that, because you're missing out on some nutrients nutrients that, yeah, that are are important. So That you may see in someone who's more omnivorous versus that. Yeah. And then tying into this specific topic, we all know the, I don't really want to call it a documentary because I don't think it's very factual, but Game Changers Mm. came out on Netflix. How many years ago was that now? Like two, maybe. Yeah, fairly recent. Fairly recent. But like there are people that have since talked to me and said, 
I, I went vegan because of that. And again, that is pretty dangerous because understand that that was made as a source of entertainment, right? And one to make money. And additionally, one of the primary funders of that project was Mr. James Cameron. And he has interests in a plant protein product, Mm. right? So again, just be aware, critically think, definitely don't take something that's released on Netflix as gospel. I mean, come on, like (laughs) that is not a source of information, No, right? So you just got to be careful with stuff like that. Consciously consume everything. Exactly. Yes. Very good way to put that. Another diet dogma, keto diet. Mm. You expand on that to give some people some context about keto. Like what it consists of? Yes. Yeah. So keto is like low carb, high fat. So that again, talking about demonizing certain uh, types of food, Mm -hmm. that right there will demonize carbohydrates. Creates a belief that carbohydrates are the source of all your issues. Fat gain. Yeah. When in reality, it's not that at all. Uh, Because again, humans for centuries have been consuming carbohydrates. Some cultures, I mean, the bulk of their calories come from carbohydrates. It's just how you get those carbohydrates. Yeah. And people often argue that, well, those same cultures had low-calorie diets, which is why. So they'll mention, like, the issue with the Western diet is that it's high-carb and Mm high-calorie, which could there definitely could be some truth to that. But I think it's probably more so an issue of just overly sedentary. Well, overconsumption, but overly sedentary lifestyle. True. Right? There's lots of research research that has shown calorie intake being equal, simply people just being active will determine like if that person has metabolic disease or not. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but same thing, like we've consumed carbs for so long, why all of a sudden in the last 20 to 30 years are they now terrible for us? Yeah. Right? Well, <laughs> just doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Usually it's, again, someone trying to make money. Yep. creates this idea has worked for them has worked for them and they just really try to sell it yeah right? and it may not be applicable to some of us who have other conditions again like yep you got to consume this consciously so that you can make it applicable or make something applicable for you mm-hmm. to an extent but mm-hmm. also like have a little variety have a little fun yep and ultimately carbs have not changed no they're still energy Guess what? They're still Still energy. energy. They still do the same thing physiologically in the body. But our view of them and our relationship with them is what's changed. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's not me, it's you kind of thing. Mm. Or it's not... It's not you, it's me. It's not you, it's me kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, and then last, like, nutrition kind of dogma that we'll talk about. We actually just did an episode on this. Fasting. Check it out. Check it out. Again, nothing wrong with fasting can work great for some people however uh be careful about getting dogmatic about it because with that specifically i think i became dogmatic about it and i shared my experience on that episode about fasting and it led to me just like losing way too much weight yeah and uh i think declining health a little bit like i was i was cold all the time like all that stuff like just because i was just not consuming enough calories because i thought fasting was just like the solution to all my problems so same kind of thing there to wrap up that nutrition talk as it relates to dogma, 
So when we talk about nutrition, it's important to understand that it is not a belief system, mm-hmm. right? But people treat it as such all the time, right? Because they believe that that way of eating is the way to go. I've seen results, so you should do it too. Exactly. It's a powerful set of words, but mm-hmm. it can... But again, like they, it's it's ignoring the principle of specificity to an individual yeah right so maybe they did great on a vegan diet that consisted of a lot of legumes and things like that but if you're like me you don't do well on a lot of legumes Mm. tommy gets a little bloated (laughs) and it doesn't feel great does it smell great uh you'll have to ask my wife fair enough Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> but so yeah, I generally, I generally to go sans legumes on like any dish. I just, I just have found over time that like that doesn't really work for me And there are other foods like that too. Yeah. Right. But my diet is varied and consists of a lot of different things, but I do choose to consume or to not consume the things that I have found cause irritation in whatever form. Mm-hmm. Right. And that is more of a taking a scientific approach and process to it of like testing, having a hypothesis and testing and then making a decision based on the facts that I gain from that based on what I feel. Then, and that entails your individuality and specificity. Exactly. So we got to remember that nutrition has physiological elements to it that people choose to ignore to support their beliefs. Right. I've had many conversations with, again, we'll use vegans as an example where like they're like, oh, B12 is not an issue or uh, not getting collagen is not an issue. Again, these are like physiological, scientific, evidence-based things that we've known for a really long time yep. are good for us. So like why would you then just choose to suddenly not consume them? just doesn't make sense. And I'm not saying you need to eat like a chicken every day or a yeah. steak every day even though that sounds delicious. That does sound really but, good, especially right now. But, especially right now. <laughs> Cal is hungry, folks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, like, having meat, I mean, even yep. if it's, like, twice a week or something like that or three times a week, like, that that could really go a long way for some people. Yeah. But we're not going to get dogmatic about it. No, we're not. We're based, in fact. <laughs> uh, so, so there are many beneficial nutrients that come from animal animal foods that you can't get from plants and vice versa. Same goes for plants contain a lot of micronutrients that have been found to be beneficial. That you just don't get So why meat. should you just like cut them out completely? It just mm-hmm. doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Animal foods contain saturated fat and cholesterol. This is, this is uh, I brought this one up specifically because there's a lot of dogma around these two things. Mm. What people often don't understand is dietary cholesterol and blood cholesterol are not the same thing. Yes. They're completely different. How they function in the body is completely different. Uh, And eating dietary cholesterol does not necessarily increase your blood cholesterol. What more so has been discovered is your combination of carbohydrates and like saturated fats that leads to to issues with uh, blood cholesterol. But dietary cholesterol is important to have in your diet because it's a precursor for estrogen, which is important for women. It's a precursor for testosterone, which is important for men and women, and vitamin D and other uh, vital compounds. So as a guy, I want testosterone in my body. I want it surging through my veins, Mm -hmm. right? That's going to be what keeps me young 
growth hormones. Yeah. So that's why like it's important for me to have cholesterol in my diet. It also animal foods also contain collagen, uh, heme iron, which is hard to find in plants, B12, creatine, and DHA, which is a source of uh, healthy fats. Mm. Fats are always a a funny one because a lot of dogma around fats. There's a lot of like, oh, you need to eat low fat, but yeah. Or you need to only eat a certain type of fat. Yeah. Right? Like only polyunsaturated or only monounsaturated or no saturated. Yeah. Right? Like eat no saturated fats, which is like you want a combination of all three. They all play an important role they in the body. Give you something to work with. Yeah. I'm moving away from the nutrition side. What do you see about more so the physical side in terms of like exercises? And things like that around dogma. Yeah, a lot of different. Talked about FRC, which is we talked about FRC. Yeah, similar in terms of flexibility. Yeah. So as well as far as like, there's tons. You can find any fitness brand almost, and almost all the time they are dogmatic about a certain thing. Mm -hmm. So like, Pilates believes that like Pilates is the only way to restore posture. Uh, Yoga believes that yoga is the only way to. Get flexible. Uh, get flexible. And now maybe it's not instilled from the yoga. Maybe it's more so just the followers, you'd say. Maybe like people who've like taken it. Seen uh, it or... Well, it could be both, I think. Mm, it could true. be both. I mean, because even like talking about Pilates, like Joseph Pilates, the guy that created it, uh, who it's named after, he like restored his posture using those methods. Mm. That's an interesting origin story for Pilates, but that goes back to like it worked well for him. So he assumed it would work for or be the best thing for everybody, Mm. which is not necessarily the case. Again, there's nothing wrong with those methods. They're totally fine. But just like open up to other avenues. If you're doing yoga and you're like, I really want to get a specific flexibility achievement, like a splits or something, and something pops right in front of your face you know, say you come across somebody that has the splits and has worked to get it, like don't brush them aside. Yeah. And that's what dogma can do ultimately is it can make people so blind to other things that work really well. Mm -hmm. And that could be the thing that you need. So that like, don't let that dogma blind you ultimately is, and we'll kind of We'll, we'll, we'll talk come about back that to that to wrap it up, but come back to that. But so, yeah. So like other dogmatic beliefs and exercise, the belief that flexibility will make you weak or lose gains or make you slower. I think or we any dispelled that one with. Yeah, we talked with Jeff, Jeff and, and Lucas on and that Lucas one. Lucas a lot about that. <laughs> uh, the belief that cardio is the best way to make you uh, lose fat, right? That's one that's been around for f- like forever. Forever. And we still have conversations to people this day that are like, yeah, I run to like lean out. And I'm like, I don't really think that's like the best way to do it. Look There's at a ton ways. of bodybuilders. Oftentimes, bodybuilders do a very specific kind of cardio. Low intensity. But they also do a certain kind of resistance training. True. Which usually when I encounter those people that are like, I run to lose fat, they don't do like any resistance training. And so it's like, well, you're missing half the equation because, again, you become dogmatic about thinking running is the way to like make you lose that fat. The other way is is their nutrition. There's the other aspect of that too. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, and then kind of a different way looking at cardio the belief that cardio will make you lose gains that's not necessarily true there's a lot of people that have a very high level of cardiovascular output and are still really shredded and yoked right so 
it's that it's not that it's like other things. It's like, are you eating the right amount? Are you eating the right amount of protein? Are you eating the right amount of calories to sustain the muscle mass that you have? Right. Are you also, are you like sleeping enough? Like stuff like that. So there's, it's not just that one thing. This one's a fun one. The belief that there's only one set and rep scheme that can make you strong. Right. So I think we all remember back in the day, well, not all of us, but one that's just came to mind as I was preparing for this was five by five, Mm. right? A guy built a whole program that he sold to people on the five by five method where you just do your, do you remember what the lifts were? It's like squat, deadlift, deadlift and bench. And you just like do those three things and you just do five by five all the time. Increase the weight and just increase the weight. And it's like, that is not the only thing that can get you strong. There's, I mean, I mean, There's plenty of sets ways. and reps. Yeah, five three ones. You can change five three one. Yeah, like ramp I mean, loads. Ramp load. Uh, I mean, yeah. There's so much. Just just keep lifting. Yeah, like that's ultimately. <laughs> at the end of the day, it kind of doesn't really matter what rep scheme you're doing. Just keep lifting and like, and also like be smart and don't like crush yourself and injure yourself so you can't lift. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But just keep going and chip away and like it'll get there. Yeah, and then you can get into more specified stuff. But understand, like, there's another way you can use that specified stuff for that certain aspect of your life, which kind of kind of will maybe bring back later in terms of like everything, but you can use some of these practices to build your overall well-rounded routine mm-hmm. as well. You don't yeah. have to be stuck. Yeah, just don't get pigeonholed. Then like talking about specific movement, and this kind of like ties into the FRC thing, the belief that you can only move in a certain way. So like only an always neutral spine. Right. Like that's an example. Like you should never flex your back. That's a dogmatic belief. I've had, I've been worked into that when I was younger too. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, That's very common in a lot of youth sports mm -hmm. and like training for youth sports. Don't bring your knees over your toes. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's uh, (laughs) a patellas. Shout out to patellas over tarsals guy. Uh, And uh, DJ Murakami. Great, great skit. Check that out if you haven't, but yeah, but, but, that is a, a good, it, yeah, because bringing your knees over your toes is a very natural thing, right? You do it we're, when you sit down. Yeah, we're designed to do that, so it should be fine. Uh, and then there's other plenty of different, like, movement uh, movement patterns that people, like, never do or, or stuff like that. And it's like, well, I mean, your body's meant to move in a lot of dynamic ways. Should probably be fine. Just, again, don't be stupid. Mm-hmm. Let your body do what it was made to do right? to some extent. Except for maybe landing straight on your neck. Probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> got to train. Got to build up to that. Oh, Start with just like static neck inversions. <laughs> and then maybe eventually you can. Slowly drop on your head. Yeah. Just like yeah. one inch drop. No. Uh, don't, don't do that. Don't actually do don't, that. Don't, 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 don't do that. Yeah. Uh, so I guess slowly to wrap things up here. Uh, uh, bringing things around. How does being dogmatic affect you? And how can you avoid being dogma dogmatic again like we we've touched on kind of all these but just to sum it up like being dogmatic can bring bring you into a single way of thinking that you can then believe is like more elite than another way of thinking which is uh again there's there's maybe better ways for certain individuals but there's usually not like a best way for everybody there's no so that's that elitist kind of like element to it that you can just be like 
everybody should be doing this because it worked really well for me. And it's like, well, you don't actually know that. Like, mm-hmm. have you applied it to everybody? And I don't think you have. I mean, there's billions of people in the world. You'll at least miss a few. Mm-hmm. Then it reduces your ability to critically think. And I think the more dogmatic people become, the more that they lose, the more they lose this capability. So critically thinking is a very important human capability that we all have it's what separates us from the apes it is although i think they can maybe i don't know i don't know but it's it's a it's it's a very important thing that we should that we should have and i do think it's like other things in the sense that if you don't use it you lose it and also you can refine it and sharpen it right so the more that you practice critically thinking the better you get at it and the more likely you are to do it more often and the less you do it the less likely you are to critically think and the more likely you are to to take whatever pops up on your instagram feed as like fact right and that's again we touched on this a little bit at the beginning not trying to get super political but that is kind of what's happening on a larger scale in the world today on other aspects yes on other aspects outside of fitness so so yeah reduces your ability to critically think which is very important uh so and and again like talking about the instagram thing they see someone that's very capable or ripped and then that person says keto is the way i got this way and then you're like all right i'm doing keto starting tomorrow yeah let's throw the carbs away say bye-bye to those oreos that are in the cupboard but then guess what you're just going to go buy another pack the next week so <laughs> Which, it's fine you can have a couple you yeah you can have, have a few dip them in milk i don't mm. care nothing wrong with dairy then uh it can ultimately be self-limiting right and so we kind of touched on that when talking about uh some some movement capabilities like getting the splits you know it can be self-limiting be self-limiting because or another example is maybe you're not consuming carbs and that is negatively affecting your performance and maybe you don't really draw that connection and that can again be the problem is like and there have been people in the gym that have like gone on keto and i'll be like how's your energy and or how's your performance and maybe i do kind of like notice that they're moving a little slower or lifting a little less or something and they're like oh actually i think i'm pretty good and that again is that it can it can basically create a separation between your self-awareness of what you're experiencing just because you're like, again, it worked really well for this shredded person. It must eventually work for me. So I'm just going to keep hammering it. Right. And then you just, you can run yourself into the ground you that, with lose that. You the fact that you can be open. Yeah, exactly. Going so, back to that. so how to avoid being dogmatic? Number one, critically think always. All right. Something that you have as a skill Use it. Yeah. Uh, Number two, be open, right? Mm. That's where, again, if you've been doing yoga for a long time or whatever the method is and you're not quite to the splits, well, then be open to another form of practice that could get you there. Lucas Aaron actually does a great podcast on the basics where he talks a little bit about like, look at the people that have gotten there and what do they do? Yeah. Right? Be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. Try new stuff probably going to suck initially because it's new you're not used to it then uh, number three be self-aware right so that's the same kind of tied into 
If something's not working for you, don't ignore it. Recognize. Yeah. Try to, you better recognize. (laughs) Recognize. Yeah. Kyle's getting that, getting that. Getting it. Just getting it. Yeah, just getting it. I don't know. I was going (laughs) to try to say something. MC voice. He's getting his MC voice going. And then try to remain unbiased and based in fact. Yeah. Biases can develop and they can creep up over time. But try to recognize, again, it's tied to self-awareness. Try to recognize if you are being biased. It's very hard to own up to your biases, right? I mean, we all have them. And it's okay. We're just human. But just try to recognize when you're being biased and try to then make a decision understanding that's there and being a little bit more in the middle. And being all as one in this world. So ultimately, dogma is like Inception. This is what I want to say earlier. It's like Inception, if you've ever seen the movie. Good movie. Good movie. There's a lot of debate about the end. Is he dreaming or is he not? I don't know. And I think that's the point of it. But it's like Inception in that once that that seed is planted, it can grow and grow and grow and grow until you're just so far to that one side that you can't even think about the middle let alone the other side right and that my friends is a dangerous place to be and with that avoid the bullshit thank you again for listening to the p13 podcast we hope you enjoyed make sure you subscribe and leave us a five star rating this podcast was produced by project 13 gyms and a special thanks to studio pod media for providing the studio space and additional production. Absolutely. You can find us on social media on Instagram at Project13Gyms. You can find myself at Kemifan. That is K-E-M-I-F-A-N. How about you, Thomas? Where can they find you on your social media? You can find me at Conway Bunga. That's C-O-N-W-A-Y-B-U-N-G-A. You can also check us out at Project13Gyms.com. And if you're in the SF area, Come train with us at Project 13 Gyms in Lower Knob Hill.